Welcome to Crossroads Podcast, where you can get all the information going on in town for those who want to be in the know. Good morning, Crossroads. On the show today, we have production manager of the Garage Door Theater, Basil Gilst. Thank you for coming to the show today, Basil. The theater is very dear to me, and I really believe the citizens of Crossroads can benefit from the many offerings that it has. Please tell us a little about yourself and how you got involved with the theater. Sure. So I actually grew up in Pilot Point, and my first production with the theater was before it was the Garage Door Theater, or before it really had a name at all. Um, I did that production right before I went off to school, and then did one more my first summer back from college. But after graduating from school and spending a, a year out in L.A., a COVID's L.A., um, I made my way back home and uh, Monica David, the production manager right before me and sort of the godmother of the theater, uh, roped me back in and um, I've decided not to not to let go. Well, as the production manager, what challenges do you face and, and how do you overcome them? So, like I said, uh, Monica David sort of got the, the theater up and running, right? Uh, it, it wouldn't be anything at all uh, if it weren't for her. But... Anytime that you sort of singly manage something, right? You're the only person that's making most things happen. You sort of lose track of those tasks, right? You lose track of the individual things that you do to make it all happen. So when uh, myself and uh, Kaylee Eberling got brought on as production and theater manager to kind of uh, both take half of those responsibilities that, that Monica had just piled up, she had a hard time expressing to us every little piece of that puzzle. So over this last year, it's been up to Kaylee and I and the rest of our wonderful team, um, Reese Sartain and uh, the Friends of the Opera House, to sort of put all those pieces together in a way that functions for somebody who isn't willing to work a, geez, 80-hour week probably for free. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely voluntary. Um so it's kind of been a huge uh, learning experience for you. Oh, yeah. Well, and I went to school um, for English and theater, so I understand how to make a show happen. But the administrative side of it, uh, making sure that the rights are acquired, making sure that all the people are managed and where they need to be and that the directors have access to all the little pieces of the puzzle between the uh, set designer and the props manager and the tech people and all of that is has been the, um, the learning curve for me and just making productions happen. Yeah. That, so you're hearing it today. There's a lot more that goes into a play when you go and sit down in the theater and you get to sit back and enjoy and go have yourself a glass of wine at the break time. There's a lot that goes on in between you're buying that ticket and sitting there watching it. <laughs> yeah, bare minimum. Uh, we have eight weeks of rehearsal, and that um, only starts after a production meeting between all those cogs that I mentioned before and auditions and then Oftentimes we're, we're calling out people from our stable of actors to fill roles that we maybe didn't get um, filled during the auditions and only then do rehearsal start. Yeah, I remember. Yes, I'm looking forward to it again. 
So would you give us a peek into what the 2023-2024 season holds for us as far as productions? Sure. So the tricky part is um, I'm not allowed to say out loud the shows that we're planning on doing until we have the rights to do them. Um, simply because uh, me telling you we're going to put on a show before they've given me permission, whether it's Dramatist Play Service or Concord Theatricals, uh, is a good way to get the theater in a lot of trouble, which is the last thing I want to do. But what I can tell you, because the first two shows of the season um, are in the public domain, I can tell you that the first show of the season is going to be The Importance of Being Earnest, uh, which is a very snappy um period comedy about uh, two guys who get caught in a very similar lie. Um, but it's full of sort of that quick wit that you could expect from say a Marvel movie, or uh, if you're familiar with the Gilmore girls, uh, but with a, uh, with a slightly more um, upper crust British uh, approach. And then the second show we'll be doing is uh, the great mural fiasco, which is written by um, our, I guess you could say, notorious uh, local artist, Justine Wollaston, about the mural that she painted on the side of one of the buildings on Washington Street uh, 20 years ago. And this uh, is the 20th I hear anniversary. It was a little risque for that time. <laughs> that it was. And uh, the show incorporates not only the uh, local paper at the time, uh, that being the Post Signal, in fact, but also the Denton paper and the townspeople and sort of all the different reactions and some would say overreactions uh, that happened. That, that's funny. Sort of reminds me of that episode on the Partridge family when that Russian painter <laughs> painted that mural of the nude lady on the yep. side of the garage door and yep. the ruckus that that caused. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, what's really cool about it is it'll be a musical. So, uh, we'll get oh, some of our, yep. Great. So we'll get some of our more talented musicians, uh, local musicians involved as well. And you'll get to, um, have it recounted in the most artistic way possible. That's sort of what we've been promised. I'm looking forward to that one. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I know the theater has a rental program. Would you tell our listeners about this and how they can access it for events? Sure. So obviously we're not constantly using the space, right? Especially not all day, every day, and, and certainly not every weekend that we're not uh, putting a show on, right? So we figure we might as well make it accessible to anybody else who might like to take advantage of the gigantic space that we've got. So the rental program sort of works in uh, three sections, right? You've got the theater itself, that's booths, stage, and rental of the tech booth, um, which comes with its um, restrictions, right? Uh, oftentimes you, you'll have to, we'll have to have one of our tech people out there to sort of help, help you along and things like that. But then you also have the concession area, which is the huge sort of holding area that you'll, uh, enjoy with the bar and the tables and all the space you could ask for. Um, we've had a couple of people use it for weddings, uh, wedding receptions, I should say, uh, birthday parties, things like that. And then uh, if you're looking for sort of a smaller space that's on the cheaper side, there there's also the showroom up front, the, the room that you drive by when you go down Washington. Wow. And to get in uh, contact with our theater manager, Kaylee, um, it's as easy as going to garagedoortheater.org um, and clicking on the rentals tab. And you can email or call her. That sounds pretty straightforward. Uh, I've, you know, I'm, I've been in the theater, and those of you out there that are listening, uh, if you're in Toastmasters, 
our theater would be a fantastic venue to hold a area speech contest. It seats enough people that you wouldn't be overcrowded, and it's large enough that it would be perfect for a speech contest. So keep that in mind. GarageDoorTheater.org and book that venue. Let's take advantage of some of these wonderful places that we have in our area. Well, you are also a writer with the Post Signal. Please share with us how you got into writing for the local newspaper. So in short, the answer is completely by accident. Um, I was in the coffee house, right, probably in the first three or four months that I was back in town. Um, I was throwing feed around at DNL at that time. Um, they gave me an opportunity to sort of get back to work. I worked for them in high school and we happened to be in looking for um, cat food at the time. And the boss was in and recognized me and had sort of heard from my parents uh, that I was headed back to town. And I mean, it was the third day we were back and we had, we had jobs on the fourth, both myself and my fiance who they did not know. And they offered her a job right on the spot. So um, it's completely off topic, but if anybody from DNL is listening, thank you for that opportunity right when we got back. But anyway, I was at the coffee house in pilot point and uh, Abigail Allen, the editor, happened to be getting coffee as well. And I recognized her very distinctive laugh uh, and sort of <laughs> chuckled to myself and made a joke and struck up a conversation. And we talked for 15 or 20 minutes because I was early that day, one of the only days I was early to work. And as I was walking out, Abigail's told me the story uh, that she looked over at the barista, uh, realizing that I had interviewed her. Um, during that conversation, just sort of asked questions and invited her to answer the, the same way that I do with most of my conversations. And, uh, she looked over at the barista and said, man, I think I want that guy to work for me. Uh, and she hunted me down after that. And, um, that's kind of how it all started. Well, that's neat. I, I know I enjoy reading the post signal thoroughly. I have it both in physical copy and, and digital. Mm-hmm. And it just gives me great pleasure because it, it does incorporate the whole entire area of the 380 corridor yep. all the way up, even into Tioga and Whitesboro. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a great source of news. And those of you out here listening, if you haven't subscribed to it, you need to subscribe to it. It's a very good paper. All right. So. Do you encourage people to get more involved with the theater, both for themselves as well as their children? And what are some of the benefits of getting involved? Man, I can't encourage people enough. I feel like I'm constantly um, begging people to come to auditions or even to help out with the Friends of the Opera House, which is our sort of volunteer corps um, that helps run concessions and uh, keep the place clean and things like that. But the benefits are, I've always said that everybody has an art, whether it's on stage or writing or drawing or painting um, or, you know, directing people, right? Everybody has a, a, a creative outlet. And for a lot of people who haven't found it or who have found things that are adjacent to the theater, it's often... At once you've graduated from high school or if you do shows in college, it's often assumed that you need more credentials, uh, that you need a certain uh, level of assurance or quality 
to get back on stage again. And that's just not the case. Um, our sort of local area from Gainesville all the way to Lake Dallas is rife with community theaters that are, um, not Esquire, um, meaning uh, not not Esquire, not equity, meaning that you don't have to have any sort of credentials when you walk in. Um, most of them do cold reads, meaning you don't even have to prepare anything before the fact. Um, and you can just walk in when they're holding auditions and read and read for somebody. And it's usually that easy. But the for us, it's eight weeks. For other theaters, it can be as much as 16 or as few as four. Um, that work and the sort of immediate connection that you make with all these other creative people that you're, you've all come together to make something happen. And in the back of your mind, you all realize that you will never, you will never again be as close to these people that you're seeing four times a week for two hours a week, sometime or for two hours a day, sometimes as you are in the moment of making this thing happen, this show happen. Um, and then getting to the end of that process and, being able to see and hear and especially feel the energy of the crowd pointed right at you um, after all the hard work you've put in is incredibly enriching. Um, I always say that everybody gets bit. Uh, everybody gets bit by the bug. Uh, there's some piece of that process that will grab a hold of you and it won't let you go. And it's worth going on the ride. Oh, I agree 100%. Well, and in addition to getting those experiences, if you have somebody out there who has a little bit of knowledge with uh, sound and equipment and lights and so forth, it's a great opportunity for somebody with a little bit of knowledge or somebody that wants to gain that knowledge to get that knowledge simply by volunteering, yeah. right? And like I said, I mean, there's so many moving pieces to make a show happen. And only a few of those are the people on stage. So even if you're just looking for a way to volunteer that you want to give a little bit of your time, I promise you will have a better time doing it with the garage door theater than you will a lot of places. Because I feel like when you volunteer at a soup kitchen or, um, at the behind a goodwill to get some volunteer hours or anything like that. There's, there's the inherent feeling that you're helping people who need the help. And while that feels good, there's also a sense of, of pressure or obligation there. Um, and I know that in my volunteer experiences, sometimes that can, that can weigh on you. It's still rewarding, but it, feels like I'm struggling to find the words. It feels like there's, there's this mist of downtroddenness. Um, whereas volunteering with the theater, you get to enrich people's lives in a way that is purely wholesome, purely, um, upbeat. So it's just a, it's another option to get, uh, volunteer hours if you're a high schooler, but also just to uh, commit your time if you if you have it and want to give. And it's a wonderful, wonderful learning experience. Definitely. Well, Denton ISD is building a new high school right here in Crossroads. 
Will the Garage Door Theater work with the drama department at Crossroads High School like they do with Pilot Point High School? Yeah, so one of the primary reasons that we try to work with the Pilot Point High School is because they simply don't have access to a full proscenium stage, right? They have their um, cafetorium stage, which is small and uh, sort of limited, which is why we try to work with them. The, you know, we don't do that with Aubrey because they have their, their big auditorium now. We don't really do that with Tioga because they do have a full proscenium, um, in their high school. It's obviously smaller than the auditorium, but it's, uh, certainly a, a proper stage with, with tech and equipment. I don't know what the Denton ISD school is going to look like. I can only guess that they'll have, uh, full theater equipment. So, I would be surprised if uh, if Denton ISD is particularly open to working with an outside uh, theater. But of course, if they if they want to take their show on the road, we're always happy to have them. Yes. Well, it's funny that you say that. I actually had Jamie Wilson, the Denton ISD superintendent, on the show, and he was excited to hear that. Really, you had a theater up there that would be willing to work with the drama department that's cool that's cool so, to hear yeah definitely i i sense uh denton isd is a really community embracing independent school district unlike most that i've seen it they they try to stay out of the political as much as possible and embrace educating our children and theater he was all for that very cool well then, uh, we'll sort of keep our fingers on the on the pulse of the high school being built in that situation, and uh, maybe once they're up and running, we'll reach out. Oh yeah, well we might even be able to accommodate some of the productions of the theater at the high school auditorium if they have a large enough stage, and you guys need to have a bigger venue. So we're we're hoping for an amazing building with those types of amenities of those types of amenities. So what do you think about that? Listen, we're performers are always happy to perform. Um, I can only imagine that those opportunities being presented, um, our our performers and our directors would likely be happy to bite. Definitely, definitely. Well, is there anything that we might have missed that that you would like to add to today? The only thing that I can really think of off the top of my head is, um, you know, we mentioned a couple of times the Friends of the Opera House. That's our that's our volunteers. Um, you know, even if you're terrified of getting on stage, uh, terrified of running the booth, surely you're not terrified of having a conversation with people. And uh, what a great way to get better involved with the local community. Um, you can you can help us out by taking tickets, or you can stand behind the go- uh, the bar and pour free wine for your friends and family. Um, and the friends of the Opera House are as easy to join as reaching out to David Leach, who sort of organizes the whole thing. Uh, but on top of that, we, I I un- as I understand, um, haven't spent too much time or haven't been able to stretch as far out to crossroads reaching out for things like advertising in our playbill and sponsoring shows. Uh, because we are a nonprofit organization, um, the, the um, donations are uh, tax deductible at the end of the year. Uh, and um, it's a 
great way to get your name a little further down 377 if you have a local business um, and also support the arts locally. Yeah, that's right. You heard it, folks. Those of you that have businesses here in Crossroads, you can be a sponsor on the Playbill for a small donation and get your business listed. And that those Playbills go out every single performance and... Lots of people come to those performances. We usually have a full theater most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, we seat 93 and uh, in a well-received show, of which most tend to be, uh, we're looking at at least 80 seats filled, if not uh, closer to 90. Man, that's great. That is fantastic. Okay, you heard it today from the Pilot Point Garage Door Theater's production manager, Basil Gilst. Thank you for sharing about that theater today, Basil, and we wish you and the theater great success as you and Kaylee bring warm, wonderful entertainment to the area. The summer market is in full swing, so make sure to come out on Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. and get your veggies from Dunn Farming. The first Saturday of each month is the Mega Market from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Make sure to like us on our Facebook page, Crossroads Podcast. To help support the podcast, go to www.buzzsprout.com forward slash 2118488 slash support to become a supporter. You can pledge $3, $5, $8, or $10 per month. All proceeds go toward the running of the podcast. We love hearing from you. If you have any questions or suggestions on topics that you would like to hear about, email us at Crossroads Podcast 2023 at gmail.com. Stay tuned every Monday morning as we bring you amazing guests. Until next week, see you at the top. <laughs>